Welcome to Behind the Spotlight, a new kind of podcast where we have real deep conversations with entrepreneurs and celebrity visionaries who are making their potential possible. They are all ahead of their time and worthy of yours. In life, it all comes down to building powerful and long-lasting relationships in a thoughtful, authentic way. We all see the highlight reel of successful entrepreneurs, so I want to take you behind the spotlight and show you who they were before they figured it out, how they broke through the barriers and found their passion. So I'm Beth, a speaker, author, entrepreneur, and a magnetic business mentor. I'm a huge believer in the power of potential to catapult your life and your business forward. So now I want to learn more about successful entrepreneurs, what makes them tick, and what it took for them to get to today. My guests are well on their way to becoming the best in their industry. Let's explore the sometimes torturous, but always interesting paths their lives have taken. So join me as we explore stories of some of our favorite people leveraging their past to make their potential possible. We'll be bringing you personal revealing conversations on Behind the Spotlight. Today, my guest is the fabulous boutique business and lifestyle events owner of Morph Mom. She has a vibrant members-only subscription-based community called The Club. She also hosts a weekly radio show and iTunes podcast known as Next Step. It's a class where women rediscover what excites them in a small group setting. But that's why I wanted Kathleen to be on BTS, learn what it's like to come up living in Jersey City, and how making mistakes and learning from each and every one of them is the only way to live. Welcome, Kathleen. So are you from Jersey? I don't remember. I am. I grew up in Jersey City. Oh, so Jersey City at that time was not suburban. It's still urban, but was it like that? Because I grew up here. I grew up in living, I grew up in West Orange, not like Jersey City. No, it was not safe. It was, I'm one of four girls. My father grew up in Jersey City and wouldn't leave Jersey City. He loved it and said, it's, it's perfect as it is. It's great. It was probably not as safe with four of us, but <laughs> looking back, it's probably the best thing that could have happened to us, insisting that we stay. And I'm beyond honored now to say that I'm from there. Back when I was growing up and everything was so hard to get anywhere and we're in the middle of Jersey City and I <laughs> probably would not have had the same answer then, but um Hindsight could not be happier. What do you mean by that? Like what about like how you grew up or the people around you? Like, what does that mean? Yeah, I I just think, um, I think my dad had the foresight to say, you know, stick it out, stay here. It may not be perfect, but you're also exposed to a much broader world, a much more diverse world. And I think that's incredibly important and lacking, you know, and I think it was a gift he gave us. And I see that diversity in the people that follow you. And the people that come to your conferences and come to the, and come to the well, before COVID, come to your <laughs> events. So it's nice to know where the origin comes from, um, that that's just really how you grew up and that's normal for you because so many of our colleagues didn't grow up like that. I didn't. Yeah, I mean, I, that, that's our goal for more fun is to reach and help as many people as we can. Any possible way to do that would be the ultimate goal. So what was lacking in your community that made you want, or in yourself that you wanted to create Morph Mom and really, because you're geared towards helping those that, that are making transition or changing, but well, also want to connect with women in our community? It was a bit of a selfish motivation. I went to law school. I was a prosecutor and I, lo- I went back to Jersey City, because I loved, to Hudson County and I was a prosecutor there and I primarily was a juvenile prosecutor for most of my time. And what I loved about it was it was a rehabilitative portion of what you do. It's not punitive. You work with the kids and with the defense attorneys. You work all together as a team and with the social workers. And I loved it. And when I was in law school, I taught in prisons. I taught at Lorton and I was always there. And I just, I loved 
I loved that world. I loved what I did. And after I had, and I continued to work through my second child, but after my second, it was getting a little bit dangerous to have two babies where I was. And I thought, I'm going to take a break, wait and go back. And I thought it would be sort of a quick break to go back. Ended up having a third child, ended up being, you know, one year turns to five, turns to 10, right. turns to, I think it was 12 years. And I just, I couldn't go back. It was just too hard. But oh, I really not go back because it was too hard to like keep your life going or to really go back when now that you have kids to look back and see where these kids came from and what they didn't get to where they've been. You know, we know Jersey City. There's a lot of kids there that need a lot of help oh, and they get into 100%. trouble. I would have given anything to go back, but professionally, I didn't keep up with the courses every year that you had to keep uh, up with. It was expensive to take these continuing legal education classes. Yeah. And I fell really, really, really far behind. <laughs> so it would have been a disservice, honestly. I, had walked right. back I don't know how helpful I could have been to anybody. Oh, and I'm sure I you really, would have been helpful. Well, I, I didn't keep up with what I should have kept up with. So, Oh, well, let's wait. Let's, Because, you know, I don't know if you know this, but should is my least favorite word. Because mm. you, it's not like you should have. Maybe, like, maybe the different perspective. You, you were busy with three children of your own, right? And you wanted to have a different life. And, you know, thinking, you know, again, the expense to do the continuing legal, the, these continuing education classes that you're supposed to do each year. And I kind of in the back of my mind thought, no, it's okay. I'll put it off for now. I'll put it off for now. But, you know, anyone who ever is interested in leaving, going back, do not do what I did. Keep up with it. It is so important and so valuable. Oh, my God. Very hard to go back to if you don't. So that very, was, very hard. Because I, I was in TV production. Uh, my show got canceled and I got married in like the same month. And I was like, oh, I'll go. Maybe I'll... I wrote a travel book in the interim for my parents. And then I was like, oh, I'll go back. And applying back, they're like, well, do you know these applications? Do you know how to do this? I was, and I was out for like 16 months. It wasn't years. And I just could never go back. But also thinking about having little kids and going back to work in the city 16 hours a day. I was like, I'm not up for it. And I feel that way sometimes too. Maybe you do. I'm like, I'm not at a place in my life anymore where I'm going to work this hard or I'm going to do this for somebody else. Like, you know, I need to know where I am and what I want to become or what I want to be doing instead. It's well, sort of, except what I do is to try and figure out what other people can do. <laughs> so, <laughs> sort of. And so, well, that, so my, that's actually why I was saying it's sort of selfishly began because when I tried to go back, I, I couldn't. And I, I realized the limitations that I had and I just couldn't do it but I was dying to do something and I didn't know what was available. I'd been gone for a long time. I mean, not only had I not kept up with the legal, you know, the classes, um, but technology. I mean, there was, <laughs> I was so far behind, so far removed from yep. anything work-related. And, you know, you fall into that trap of, well, who am I? I was great. I'm, I don't know if I was great at it, but I loved what I did. I don't know how to translate that into something else now. It's been so long. I have no confidence. I have no contacts. I have no idea at this point what was even available out there. Things had changed so much. What could you do? Right. So became kind of frustrated with the whole thing and really sort of, you know, you get pretty down on yourself in this and think where, how do I begin? And I can't even dip my toe because I don't even know where to try. And the confidence was a huge part for me because I didn't have that. And I, you know, the imposter syndrome, I couldn't go out there and say I was something that I wasn't. They would see right through me. So, what I decided to do, and finally after um, going through a few different alternatives, was I thought, you know what? I have learned to interview people, and that's what I love to do, and I love to capture stories and to share stories. And I said, wait a minute, 
why am I reinventing the wheel? All of these women have done these amazing things all over the, all over the world. You know, why don't I go out, interview some of these women, find out what's available, find out what steps they took, what steps didn't work. Why don't I fill in all these blanks that I can't fill in for myself, for other people who are struggling like I am. So Morph Mom was created, and again, a bit of a misnomer because at the time, because selfishly, it's what I was, a mom going back to work and trying to change. So my goal was to find moms who had stopped for a while, figured out what was out there, either created it or gone back to it or whatever it was they were doing, their next step. And then I could document that next step. I could give the steps that they took. When you watched that video of that interview, with a piece of paper and a pen, you'd have five steps, five actual things to do the next day. No reason to not do it. It would give you the confidence you needed. And then the connection. I could connect you to these women. Well, I started doing it because I said my confidence was pretty low. Yeah. So I didn't want to start doing it in New Jersey because, again, people would say, who do you think you are? You can't run a website, which I couldn't. Um, so I... Picked, I bought a video camera, I flew to California, I contacted um, identical twins that I'd gone to high school with that I hadn't seen in 30 years, but I knew on Facebook they were doing amazing things. And I said, could I interview for this? I'm starting a website, I wanna share videos, I wanna share next steps, and I wanna connect people through the power of story and actual connections. So they lined up five people, they said, sure, you know, people will wanna tell their stories. I get on a plane, fly out to California, and they say, what time's your plane back? I'm like, oh, it's you know, late tonight. They had lined up 25 interviews because when you think about it, how often someone would say, I, I couldn't believe and I'm sitting there with a tripod that I've not opened from Best Buy. <laughs> I can't get this tripod to work. I have no idea how to use it. Wait, wait. It's like so I can see you. Little Kathleen <laughs> is going, oh, oh my God. I have no clothes. I have a, I have a camcorder and a oh, tripod. I can't figure it out. I can't keep the leg open on this tripod. I'm like, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. I'll do these. So I stayed over. I did the 25 interviews and it was just, I learned a lesson because one of the things was why people said yes was when is the last time someone asked you about you? They ask about your kids, your family or work or everything else. How about you? Right. And it was fascinating to interview these amazing women who didn't know me from anywhere or what I was doing who took a leap of faith and said, I'm going to tell you my story to help other people. And you just find, I think one of the best things I found that day, just taking a leap, going out saying, I don't know what I'm doing. Can't even work a tripod, but I know I want to share your story. And what I just fell in love with was these women who said, okay, I'm going to give you my story and I'm going to give you my truth. It's not going to be hundred percent perfect. I'm going to share the ups and the downs and I'm going to help someone who needs the help. So what happened was people started reaching out and saying, and around the country, it was really interesting, saying, you know, I'm not a mom, but my story could really help. Or I'm a mom, but I never left work. It could help. And really, it was about getting to this next step, no matter what that was. So it may have been volunteer work. It may have been writing a book. It may have been having gone through a tragedy. And they got through it, and they want to help someone else get through it. So Morph Mom morphed into sharing women's stories about how they took their next step, found their next step, took the next step, and in turn want to help others get there as well. And it was all about inspiring and empowering and connecting. And it's all through the power of story. And really, I'm a conduit. It is 100% succeeds because of the generosity of women like you and women out there who say, yes, 
I'll give you my story, but not just my story. I'll give you my truth. And that, your I truth, think, but, and one of the things that impresses me about that is you already told me you had no confidence. You already told me you didn't know what you were doing. You already told like, where does, where did that Kathleen start? Because that's really the conduit to all of it. And I don't believe that it's really everybody else. It's the space that you create for these women like me to share their story because sharing our stories, especially if it is around trauma or abuse or something else is not easy. You know, it's much more accepted now because I feel like people's hearts are more open, but who was that Kathleen yeah. that got on that plane? And what did you tell your husband and how did, like, how did you get from, I don't have any confidence to calling your friends who you haven't spoken to in 20 years in California. Like that's, well, that's your story. It's funny you ask that. I, and I have to say he, my husband has been, beyond supportive. We met in law school and every step of the way with two sisters of his own, he's incredibly supportive of this. And he, with a daughter as well, he's, and with, you know, with sons, my son should see this as well as my daughter. Right. Um, so he was incredibly supportive about this and is to this day, 1000% for a lucky, lucky lady. Oh, it's, and to get the stories out. Cause he saw how important this was and he saw what I was going through and no one should ever go through that when there's so many women out there who are willing to help and be supportive and be a community. But asking for the help is, there, is the hardest problem. And it, didn't, it doesn't seem like you had that problem. And that's something that I, I actually did an IGTV today um, about opening your mouth and asking. So was that, was that always Kathleen? Was she always opening her mouth? Well, you were a prosecutor. So I'm assuming you knew how to like get your message out there. But what, what gave you the strength to get on that plane? I think showing my daughter that nothing was going to stop, oh. like nothing could stop you. Um, I think honestly, because, you know, it's funny. Someone asked me very soon before that we were in a car line. And at the time, so I have a daughter and two sons and my youngest son was, he was in a car seat. So he's little at the time, but he could speak. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, and someone came to the window the and they said, and no one ever asked me this question, but they said, so Kathleen, what do you do? And it's like, uh, um, I'm a lawyer. And I'm <laughs> so mad that I struggled to say, but it had been so long. So even just saying it was hard. And in the back seat, my son, Charlie said, mom, why are you lying to that lady? You're not a lawyer. Dad is. And now the woman thinks I lied to her. <laughs> I made up that I'm a lawyer. Like, Charlie. Oh my God. So I'm like, I swear you're not lying. And she's looking like, uh, okay. <laughs> so honestly, I think it, that was a great lesson though. I think it was kind of showing my kids that if I'm telling my kids to never let anything stop them, who, what kind of example am I if I'm letting myself get in my way? So, and I'm not afraid to fail. I think that's the one thing I'll give myself because I have a lot of practice. <laughs> I'm not really afraid of it. It doesn't stop me. Um, so I think it was the combination of put your money where your mouth is if you're telling your kids to not let anyone or anything ever stop you, I had to get out on that plane. And then also teaching them, and if it doesn't work, I gave it a shot. But that sounds and like that comes a lot from your dad too, about like putting, up, putting yourself up for what your mouth says, or you know, writing checks that your mouth can't cash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or can cash. And you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. And if I went there and I, and so they, everyone said, well, what if, what if? I said, well, what if I don't go? I'm never going to know. And what if I fail? Then guess what? My story to share 
will be, don't get on a plane, <laughs> a plane you can't figure don't out try this. and try the tripod before you get on the plane, open it up. So I kind of felt like the best part. There's Wait, a that's the best part. Oh, and I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> it still has the tag on it because I can't get it off. But I, I think the win-win too is in, in the failure, we miss the benefit or the lesson of the failure. And there's this quote from Dr. Seuss. It's one of my favorites. And I'm going to not say it specifically or correctly, but it's basically saying um, when the moment becomes a memory and just the importance of every single moment. So if that was a failure, the memory and the lesson would have been you gave it a shot. It didn't work. Pick yourself back up and figure out what you're going to do from that. So that was, that's where I got the push to do it. Yeah. That's a great lesson. Um, you know, I think we all are a little scared of failure. I know I am. I know it keeps me back from what I'm doing. I definitely feel lately like the fear of failure is motivating instead of blocking me mm-hmm. because I really feel like your, your courage is taking your talent through the fear and through the failure to the other side and not letting it stop you. Um, but when you, like, when you say failure though, what's you, do you have one that kind of oh, that gets what? you? Like I, I, my, what? the whole reason I really started doing this and I started doing more business and media because I was on TV and didn't, Make, didn't know enough to know that I needed an opt-in or an email capture on my website. So when I had 12 to 15,000 people visit my website on that day and I got zero emails, I said, I'm going to figure out a way to not let anybody else ha- this happen to them. And even when I say it, I can still like feel it in my gut. Like what's your gut failure? Wow. I have a big gut. <laughs> well, we are on the other side of 30. So, you know, we all have. Um, it actually happened before more fun before I started I wrote and again it's even hard for me to say this I, I want to back up really quickly the one thing uh-huh. um, the reason it's easy for me to say about do a spouse about oh failure is because the more fun having a community of women behind you saying it's okay yep. makes it much easier to accept the failure and learn from it so I don't think I would be this lucky if I didn't, if this morph mom community didn't exist, if there weren't women out there like you and my daughter and everyone out there who understands, accepts and encourages you. So that's the reason it's okay. It's because there's a group of us together. Alone, it's not so easy. Together, anything can happen. But as far as it was before morph mom, before I decided to do that, I wrote, and again, I cringe even saying wrote. You can see it, just say it, it's okay. We love you. I wrote a children's book and I thought, okay, how I've read a million of them. I can write a children's book and that's what I want to do. And I love telling stories. So I wrote this children's book. It was terrible. It was terrible. But I didn't want to tell anybody I had done it. And I was sort of secretly like Googling, how do you self-publish? And, you know, I'm just going to do it and see what happens. And I ran into a very, very close friend one day. <laughs> Um, I wasn't, again, I wasn't telling anybody about it. I, maybe I'd had a beer or two that day. It was a little, <laughs> I was a little, maybe a little more than I should have, a little bit more open. And I stupidly to this day said to her, I wrote this children's book and I'm trying to self-publish it. Which, and I'm telling you, it was terrible. So it's actually the best thing that ever happened. And, her, and we were very good friends. I'm talking 18 years of friendship. And this was her reaction. Ugh. And she walked away. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> did, I, did I fall asleep for a second and miss like, some word? It was an eye roll and a sigh. 
Really? Anyway, I was so gut punched. I'm like, oh, oh. And it set me back mm. like I've never been set back before. Really. Like any tiny ounce of confidence I had had, gone, done, over. Wow. But again, now, best thing that ever happened. So re- part of that also, you know, again, that lesson, the memories, you yeah. know, lessons you learn from that. A, don't ever, tr- you've got to be positive to everybody, no matter what you think, because who are you to judge what that person is doing? So if there's nothing else, if it's a smile, if it's a face, if it's anything you can give to somebody that day, give it to them. Do it. It's something. Any- exactly. something. Anything. Um, that was more about her than that was about you. That, had no- that probably had nothing to do with you. Well, that- that's how I always feel. Like people act like that. That's like, I can't achieve my dreams and I can't do something out of the box and I can't do something that isn't in my, you know, isn't in my little, my little sphere. And Kathleen did. I'm not going to give her any props for that. In fairness, it was a terrible book. It was, it was well, she didn't read it. Did she? No, but it was terrible. It was really- so she just decided that you weren't qualified and judged you for not being able to do it. It could have been fantastic. Yeah. You are a good writer and I know you are. So it could have been fantastic. She just didn't even give you the opportunity to have that kind of potential. Okay. It, it was, you know what? Even though you keep saying it's terrible, I still want to read it. And I feel like, <laughs> and I feel like I'm going to give it to somebody to publish, but I'm going to send it to you and you're going to say, but you're just going to smile and say, good try. <laughs> it's a good effort. It's like what we do for our kids. Great first draft. That's right. That's right. And this, should, this should teach you just keep working hard and a lot harder. <laughs> You know, if she had read it and said, you know what, I love you, but this is not your best. Well, that's a different yeah, story. Yeah. That's it was, qualified. It was good. But it was, it knocked me down for a while. And what actually, back to you down for a while. It shook my confidence to the core. And that, to me, was one of the biggest failures. Is that that's the first time my kids kind of saw that. And that's when I pulled myself back up and said, wait a minute, who am I to ever tell them anything? after the way I've now reacted to what just happened. So that was a good lesson for me. Really, really good lesson. Huge lesson. And also for you to have the wherewithal to, to take the time, gave yourself grace to mourn that maybe that relationship. The, the loss of this terrible book. <laughs> the loss of the terrible book, but also be, be able yeah. to see the light through it because so many times, and I know this happens to me, you really get stuck in that cycle and you can't see your way out of it. Yeah, yeah I, I think so. And it's just, it's just seeing someone else needs to see you do. Like, it helps to know people are watching what you're doing and you need to, you need to lead by example. It's the only way it's going to happen. Yeah. So, sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes I, I forget there's people watching. <laughs> and, I, and I do something or I put something out there and, you know, I'll get messages or a phone call like, did you mean to do that? <laughs> oh, especially when I misspell something. Now, I went to regular New Jersey elementary school and second grade, my parents took me out and put me in Jewish religious school. And then I came back out for fifth grade. So I missed a whole bunch in there, which is including subtraction and spelling punctuation. I am key. (laughs) My sister, every time I spell something wrong, takes a screenshot, circles it and sends it to me. (laughs) Let's see if she listens to this. She's helping, but you know, it used to really, it used to really get me. It used to really it, the message I was getting is, you suck. Why did you do that? Now the message I get is like, can you check more? Can yeah. you, 
you know, there's a difference, the message that you're getting, but you know, it's, it's really, I think hard for most women that maybe didn't grow up the way that you grew up to brush themselves off and get and keep moving forward. I, and I talk to women about that every day. I have a great example. And at my conferences, I share this at every conference. And this has helped me through everything. It, it just has actually opened up a whole new world. Someone once gave me this example. So if someone says something not nice to you, similar to what you were saying, it's not you. It's, you always tell your kids, it's not you, it's them. Well, okay. But <laughs> how do you, right. sure, that's not making me feel any better because I still feel bad. <laughs> but this was the example she said to, to share. Imagine you're in an airport, which is now unimaginable right now in the past six Never months. Never going to one of those again. Let's, yeah, let's go back to what it used to be like when you were in an airport. And you're late, you're early for your flight, which has never happened to me in my life. And you've got one carry-on bag. You're going away to some great location. Everything is great. You're happy. You're, it's just a great day. You're walking down and you see a friend of yours. And that friend of yours has six kids where they're all over the place. They have 10 seconds to make it to a flight that is 30 minutes away. They're never going to make the flight. She's got 32 bags. She's running and racing. She literally cannot do it. She can't keep her kids in all these bags. She has too much baggage, too much. She sees you without thinking, throws a bag at you, throws another bag at you because she needs help. She, she needs someone to lift her baggage and to just help her out with it. So she said, imagine this anytime someone says maybe something unkind to you or not thinking what they're saying and you, you're taken back by it. Picture them in this airport with all these bags. They've just thrown you a bag. It's a lifeline. They need help. So when that insult or whatever it is that comment comes, it literally has nothing to do with you. Think of this bag. You just helped her out. This will help you. I am telling you. I love it. Time you're questionable. So every single Morphom conference we do, I start with this. You know, we're on our 10th conference. I hear back all the time that people think they just threw me back. And I helped her. I took her back. And it, it, it makes it better. It makes you more understanding about them. And I'm telling you, that's how we grow. That's how we figure out this support system. I really love the imagery. I was like, okay, I'm on the gangplank. I can see the whole thing. No, I, I, and I really connect with that a lot. When I do talks, I, I have my own thing. I really focus on um, what you make things mean. And I like how you turn that meaning into it's you're helping them. And it, it really, I told my kids that now too. It's funny. And they're friends. My daughter's 24 and her friends. I told them all, like, trust me. And as, as upset as you get, within a second, you're, you have literally turned around and you want to help them. You understand it, you accept it, and you can now make, you can help somebody. Right. Even a smile, even that smile might help. And oh, so it's just- Yeah, definitely. Putting, like, putting back the work it makes yeah, a big difference. And I think that, and what we're trying to do is really bring people together and to up-level them and to make them feel better about what yeah. they're trying to succeed. Because when you feel better, you do better and you actually move the needle. Um, mm -hmm. So I think I really like that story a lot. And I like what the, the, your whole message. And you know, I think going back to the interviewing is really getting those stories out. Um, I do a lot of podcasts. I'm on a lot of podcasts. And I, I actually did 18 podcasts last month. Did you really? I did. Like, if you had a podcast, I was on it because I wanted to practice my story and yeah. try to get all the, the pieces out. Because as you know, people can drone on and on and on. And you don't get any of those pieces. So I really wanted to, like, hone my story in and bring it together. Um, and I can tell you the whole story at a different time. But, you know, what that comes up for me is relying on your community 
but also understanding where your community is from. You know, not everybody's for everything. And I hear this a lot from new entrepreneurs. They're like, well, my friends don't like my stuff or my friend did that exactly what your friend, like you're starting a what? You're not a what? And how to get around that. It makes me so crazy because why would you tell somebody else that they're not something when they want to be something like that? I just, that's not how I work. So that's why I said it's, it was not about you. It was about that person. Um, but what's, what's your one advice when somebody comes to you and they want to start something? Like what's you, what's your one connection to them that you can make? Um, well, they come to me at different levels. And okay. if you're coming where we're sort of, I was back then where you have no idea where to begin. You need to do something. You need a next step, but you don't even know where to start. I love this. one. I love think, sit down and think about what people come to you for. So do they come to you for advice? Do they come to you for organization? Do they come to you for laughs? Do they come to you for um, judgment, you know, to do an opinion, to help them, whatever it is, that's a strength that you have that you may not even realize you have. Other people see it in you, you may not have even recognized it yet. I think it is such a great starting point because by starting off with, I have the strength, this is what I'm good at, that will lead you into what you want, may want to do, to a passion, to something, but it's a positive way to start. It's oh, I love that. I love that so much because it's, it's a, all about self-reflection and seeing where you are. Yeah. So throughout all the storytellings that you've heard, and I still don't feel like you've gotten to tell your story. So I'd love to, to hear more about that and where you're really coming from because I feel like you're really good at bringing everyone's story out, but not so much sharing your own. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on here, not only because I adore you and I love your spirit, um, but I wanted to get to know you a little bit better. And by the way, I have to say right back at you, from the moment we met, and you learn this through, more, you know, how amazing people are, amazing women are, how supportive they are. And it's not always your friends. You just mentioned that before. Not everything is for everyone. So this is a huge thing. Your friends may be on a whole different, you know, course or path. In no way should that ever stop you because there are women all around you that are here to support you. And 100%, you are that person. From the second we met, you listen, you understand, you accept, and you encourage, and you support. So I just have to give you oh, so that. You know what? I give what I need. And I, I've said that a lot lately. Like, I need certain people, certain kinds of people in my life. So I know that if I can give that, I'll receive it back. And mm -hmm. I do. And I receive that from you and lots of other people. But, you know, I, that's the, the friends who aren't entrepreneurs, when you're mm -hmm. being an entrepreneur, that's, it's a, ser it's a serious conversation. I've had people who've been in my life for 20 years who are no longer in my life. And it's not like I, we had an argument. It's just, they kind of dropped off because I don't have time for that. Mm -hmm. um, but to expect your friends to show up in a space where they're not a part of it, you can't. And that's no. where you get disappointed. And it's hard. That's something hard to overcome too. Because a lot of mine were events and conferences and events. And you assume everyone is thinking the same thing you are and you can't, yeah. it's not fair to them. No. It's a selfish approach to think that they should. You know, they're your friends for other reasons, not because they're always behind every single thing that you're doing. And that's another huge lesson. Once you understand that and let go and follow what you want to follow, regardless of what other people are thinking and not expecting them to be there, it makes things so much easier. Oh, you have to let go of all the expectations. Yeah. Um, I had a 
couple of traumatic family events happened in the last couple of years. And I've really learned who my friends are in what capacity yep. and how, and how I need them to show up. And if they can show up for me in that way, then they don't need to be in it because it's just, I have a hard time letting go of that expectation because I like to show up for everybody, but not everyone shows up for me. Um, mm -hmm. And it took me, wait a minute, was that you? It might've been you that helped me with that last year. It might have. It might have. Maybe. Did I not show up? I don't know. <laughs> it did. I feel like I listened to something you like. Honest to God, I feel like it's something you said last year because I was listening to a, a Morph Mom radio show. I don't honestly remember. Um, but that part's been really hard. And then trying to fill those pieces with the new people, who mm -hmm. you know, everyone looks great online and everyone's great in the group and yay, yay, rah, rah. But I actually texted a friend last on Friday. I had a I had a big deal blow up. And I was so upset. And I texted her, 911, I need an entrepreneur. That's all I wrote to her. And in three seconds, she was like, you're an entrepreneur. And she knew what, like, <laughs> she knew I, I just needed help either talking about my business or talking about whatever, but it, having that in place, that's a new experience. Well, that's what I love. That's the goal of Morph Mom too, is to fill that role. So when I was looking to see what, and again, that next step, by the way, is not work-related always. That next step could be, I just, my next step is to find someone who can support me in something, who's gone through something, who has a new idea, who's, whatever it is, it's having the support system to take the next step, to find it and take it. And that's what I really love about this Morphom community. And again, I take no credit for it. I, I get you there. But these women are the ones who are sharing and you and giving. And I'm like, no, you set that. the temperature. You set the temperature, you set the culture, you set the, the tone. Not, not, I'm not letting you give that away because you created it. You created the possibility of, create, of being a certain way with these certain women. That's totally you. And your team. I know you have a team that works with you, but it's totally the tone. Uh, and I really feel like it's that tone of like, just try, just do something that you put out there. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. But it, that is a big part, too, of what we say. And I'm not kidding. Like, show what doesn't work. So we tell these stories. And, and I, first of all, I love a story. Who doesn't love a story? Right. right? I, I can't get enough of people's stories. Um, but, I, but tell the, like we were saying, tell the truth. Tell the real story. What didn't work? Was it the nights that things really went wrong? And how you got yourself back up? That's what connects people, is that... Oh yeah. Sort of, you know, the things that didn't work connect you almost more strongly than the things that did sometimes. So that's a huge part of what we do. And again, in these conferences and radio shows and anything I do, we start off with, tell us what didn't work. Tell us like, and how you got through that. And so someone out there who's really struggling right now can immediately relate because we can all relate to that part. <laughs> Not always. They're really, really good things. A hundred percent. I did a video literally three years ago that still kind of pops up in my feed and I named it struggling. And it was a video of me like in, in my study saying, I don't know what I'm doing guys. This is like really hard. This doesn't work. I'm just going to, you know, wake up tomorrow and try again or whatever I said. That is the one video that it resonated the most with my, with people because I was, and I'm, you've seen my stuff. I'm just me, you know, people, People know me. Like, if you see me on camera, that's who I am. I'm not pretending. My kids have told me. I've asked them. <laughs> um, I'm not pretending. But the struggle is a, is a real part of it. And I think that if we all, who are at a certain stage, really start sharing that more, um, and that's part of what I've been doing lately, is to, to say, hey, 
nobody, nobody up on these stages that you're, on these pedestals you're putting us on, not uh, me, you know, in general, we don't deserve it because we've done nothing more than you have. We maybe got a lucky break. We maybe had some more information. We had an idea what it is, but we've all fallen down on our faces. Like how many people came to my website and I didn't capture it? I would, if I had a client like that, I would ream them. I'd be so <laughs> mad. Like looking back at it, I'm like, how stupid can you be? But that, but now that's my why. And that's my motivation for helping other women succeed and monetize what they're trying to create. Because we need more of those leaders that aren't about crawling over each other. And that's what I love. Like another thing too, when you were saying what, what would you suggest or your advice is talk to every single person. Every single person has a story. Every single person is, has some valuable information to give. And who knows, maybe that person needed to talk to you that day. But 1,000% talk to everybody, every single person. Oh, we do that. And, I know you and I are good at doing that. <laughs> yeah, and I know that's hard for some people. But, and even if it doesn't go well, okay, wasn't a great conversation, talk to the next person. It, 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 there is inv- every single person has an invaluable story, an invaluable piece, of, an invaluable something to share. And you'll never know unless you ask. Well, do you, what are your valuable things to share? What, like if I said, what, what's your story? What's, where do you go first? Because I know you have lots of them, but where do you go first with that? For advice-wise, you mean, or? No, who, who Kathleen is. I'd say that, again, I think my story would be to share, and this is, I guess it's about having the courage to do it and the courage to fail, which we kind of talked before. Yeah. And courage to do it is so hard, but if you're not as scared of the fail, it becomes a lot easier. So for me, the story is I, I screw everything up, literally everything, but I'm very open about it. <laughs> I'm very honest about it. I can laugh about it usually, right. most of the time. Most, sometimes it's pretty bad, but I, I, it's like I'm Lucille Ball. Like everything I touch blows up into something insane. But like what? what I'm going to do this tell it as a story. So right. again, I can kind of, I think that's how I get through life is I can laugh at myself and all the mistakes I make because I make them every day and then sharing the story. If it gets a few laughs, it, then I, I can do it that way. If it helps somebody get through something, it's worth it. And if it's just a disaster, it is what it is. And my <laughs> kids have actually seen, my kids tell my stories. I'm like, wait, my mom. So, and it's funny. Wait, I want to hear a story, but now I need a story. Oh God, there's so many. Uh, all right, let me think about. Wait, let me go back to. It. I'll think of some good ones. I, it's literally every day. Like, there's nothing I don't touch. That oh, my get- kids tell me I screw up every day. I cannot imagine having a daughter. So I okay. Here's a crazy thing. Okay, good. So people know me. I have terrible insomnia. I've had it for God, 18 years. I'm usually up from two to four in the two thirty to four thirty in the morning. I'm up every night watching TV. I'm a TV addict, and I'm always up in the middle of the night watching TV, and I need the TV on all the time. These are terrible, terrible things. Real life. But that makes it kind of hard to get through the day. So I'm usually on like my eighth Coke normally to try and stay awake during the day. So there have been times the bad mom has fallen asleep at pickup for a certain sport. So there was, this is a crazy story to share, but years and years and years ago, my son was at lacrosse and I'm, I'm so tired and I'm sitting at the table. I've got to pick him up. I've got to stay. I had no sleep the night before but I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I don't know how I fell asleep in the chair, but I did. Of course, you know, you wake yourself up, you're like, oh, the pickup. 
at the time, I thought the pickup was at later. Wait, I'm sorry. I screwed up the timing. And I thought the practice was running longer than it was. So to make matters worse, it ended earlier. So it was like, we're talking an hour and a half now. I race over there. I'm crying. I'm sweating. I don't think I, I don't even in pajamas. Racing over. And when we get there, it's a pitch black field. Pitch black field. <laughs> and there was a um, there's a guy in Summit, New Jersey. Everyone in Summit knows Mr. Chi. He was the best hot dog stand in the entire. He's also the nicest man in the entire world. Mr. Chi saw that Jack, that I'd forgotten to pick Well, actually slept through picking him up. And then another hour went by. Pitch black sat with him for an hour and a half, gave him dinner, just sitting on the, they were locked out of everything, just sat on the curb in the pitch black. And he sat there with him. That's a terrible story to share. It was horrible. I literally was in tears when I saw Mr. Chi. I'm like, I can't even believe this. But um, so that is the kind of thing that um, I would screw up normally. But then of course, Mr. Chi made it like, I think his response was, I've learned so much from your son. And we've been talking about all of these things. And I have a son. And actually, this has been great because for an hour and a half, I've been talking to your son about this and that, and I'm learning this. And I, my son said, and he taught me this, and he taught me the coolest thing. And so as much of a screw as it was, so that, I mean, that's a daily thing. I mean, that's a, just one little example of giving, but yeah, an hour and a half. Yeah, that was a big one. <laughs> I look out of it. The, yeah. the most amazing people you just ask, and they're there, they're there with us all the time. And it's just a conversation to learn about people. With that I inadvertently caused. <laughs> I can't tell you the same kind of story that I've had. I can't imagine every mom in America and around the world doesn't have that. Oh my God, I forgot to pick him up. Thank God you had Mr. Chi to take care of him. Yeah. And I just want to remind our audience that this was before cell phones. Just letting you know. Oh yeah, this was a long, long, long time, a long time ago. He's 20. He's in his 20s now. He's in his 20s now. Yes, this was cool. This was a long time ago. You're right. That's, but it's interesting that that's where you go back for your failure. And not to something that's now. And I, does it, you think that comes from getting older, having more confidence, just being more okay in your skin? That you went back to that and not something that's more recent? Or maybe because that, that, really <laughs> that was a big one. That was a big one. Uh, that one really sticks. <laughs> that, that, no, but that really stuck with you as a mom. Oh, it did. Yeah. And you know that insomnia, and I still have it. It's still I'm terrible. Sorry. I'm still up all the time, but... Yeah, that one really sucked because my own problems like I got in the like ugh to this day I'm so in love with Mr. Chi and with everything, but grateful. Oh, so forever grateful. Um yeah, I don't I, there's so many more. I mean millions. But that one really, really, really sticks. When it comes to the kids or when it comes to like your incompetence making something happen, uh, no, I definitely I feel that way in business a lot too, because as what we do, there's so many pieces. There's the marketing, the social media, the email marketing, the blogging, the photo, the stories. There's so much to go to do every day yeah. and a lot falls through the cracks. And sometimes I get very upset with myself. Like, why aren't you more organized? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? But I actually spoke to an organization and productivity coach a couple of weeks ago who I adore and everyone should go to her. I'll tag her in the notes. But she was like, she helped me stop beating myself up because those aren't, those are limitations that I might have. Yeah. But with what we do, there is going to be limitations and you're not going to be able to do everything. And you're not going to do 80% of what you do well, but 20% of what you do well, that's your genius in your business. Everything else is figure outable. It's so hard. As Beth knows, I, when it comes to the business side of this, 
I'm failing miserably. I'm not good at that part or the marketing or anything like that. I just am so focused on the stories and meeting these women and connecting women. And, but the business side, I'm terrible at that part. And that's what I have to work on in the marketing and figuring all of that out. And I've been doing this for a long time, but it's funny, like looking back, I'm on my 12th year. And of course there are regrets about the mistakes I've made that affected other people. Mm-hmm. But anything that I've done that inconvenienced anybody or hurt, you know, screwed somebody else up because of my mistake or, or anything like that devastates me. But as far as the other things, things that I haven't learned and I will learn. I know I will, no regrets with anything else. With every person that I've met along the way, every story that I've been able to share, I'm so grateful. I'm just so grateful to everybody for helping me get this out there. Well, the storytelling is so important and really sharing those stories on your platforms, which you do, but is there somebody that you interviewed that their story surprised you more than other ones or affected you or like changed your life in in some ways? I'm sure, I feel like everyone might, a little bit, but like, is there a big one? That's a good question, because I have thousands and thousands I know. of stories. Um, and, you have, and you have some huge names in there, some international celebrities in there. But I wonder, in the spectrum from somebody, you know, who's a, a little entrepreneur like I am, to somebody who's an internationally known name, how those stories have, have changed your life and affected your life. Okay, you know what's funny? My very first interview, and I'm sure because it was the very first one when I couldn't set the tripod. And it was out in California. And it probably, and again, I really do feel every important, every story is as important as the next. Every single one, there is something valuable. But maybe because it was the very first one, and I'll never forget, like, just sitting there trying to figure this out and what questions to ask. And I was in front of them, the light. I screwed everything up, the whole thing. But her story and I guess because the story moved me so much, it was almost like a sign, like, yep, this is what you're going to do. You're going to tell these stories. So she had been in TV as well and was involved in a sitcom out in California. And she and her husband, both men, they had two children. And one of her sons was, had autism, was on the spectrum. And he'd been helped in the schools up until a certain grade. And I don't recall, it was a long time ago, what grade it was. But the school stopped helping him with an aide. And she kept saying, he needs, he needs assistance. He needs assistance. And the school kept fighting back saying, no, he doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. She said, yes, he does. He desperately needs his help. And the school would not give the help. So back, back and forth. And she said, you know, I didn't know what to do anymore. He needed help. We couldn't give him the help he needed. So she said, you know, I was involved with TV. I think it was more writing. But she decided, I'm going to film. I'm going to show them. I'm going to go to the board of ed or wherever she went to. And I'm going to show them what goes on and why he needs the help. So she filmed him and made like a little mini documentary of what was going on. I don't recall exactly who she presented it to, but again, it was someone involved in the education system and said, here it is. And this is who I am telling you needs help, has needed it for the past year, and no one will help us. Of course, they're all in tears watching and saying, he needs help. He's going to get help. And she said, he just lost, we just lost a year and a half of his life. And what could have, you know, he's lost so much because nobody would help him. And she thought, okay, that's never going to happen again to anybody else. So she decides to make a movie. And she calls it the six-letter word. Her name is Lazan Sardo. It's called the six-letter word, autism, six letters. And um, she, it's loose. It's, it's not based on that, but the idea of getting help in school and, you know, when you're raising a child with autism. A lot. So she writes this movie. Um, 
Bruce Willis's daughter, Rumor Willis, I think it was, one of his daughters starred in it. It's the most unbelievable film you've ever seen. It is so moving. It's so telling about what happens and ends up winning all these awards for this film and goes forward with the six letter word and continues to help. And I just, the story just, again, it was my first story ever to share and talk about taking a next step and a next step that will help so many other people that you ever even knew that tiny little step you took affected so many people. And who knows how many in years to come will think back to that film she took that time of her child and said, he needs the help. And you need to think a little bit more and look more and help more. So I, that story will wow. always, always stick with me. That's really powerful. And for her to use her, her talents to be able to, to share that message. Yeah. She did. She, she used her, I guess, what was around her and what was available to her to really use her message. And that's, and getting that out, I'm sure that helped a lot of people. Which I think is, is a great lesson too, just in general, when you're trying to figure out what's next, it's not necessarily what's planned. <laughs> no. it, it could be this passion takes you somewhere. It could be that a tragedy takes you somewhere. It could be that necessity takes you somewhere. Right. And I don't think that's ever a reason to not follow that road. You oh. never know. And I think that was another huge lesson. This is something she never thought would happen. Right. percent because she followed it the things that happened to me stopped me for a while they in my tracks and I had just had a book come out I had just really gotten to the next level in my business and everything stopped for a good 18 months I just I had to shut down I had to shut down I had to regroup I had to get myself back um, and that's kind of like where this came out of was there's so many ideas I've had and so many things I've had but I haven't actually put into action until this came up because I was like, I just want to connect with people and hear what their stories are. And it's not all like, you can do this and it's not that hard. And, you know, every, that, you know me, that's not me. I'm like, this sucks. Get ready. Let's go together. You know, that's really where I want to go from. <laughs> um, but sharing those little stories and sharing what is not going okay. Because I feel like, I know that it's changed a little bit in the last three years, but it's still that, that glossy, everything looks good. My kids are you know, my kids aren't dirty and happy, you know, and, every, and they listen all the time. You know, that's not real life and really showing real life and people who have the availabilities for money, for, you know, housing, but they have everything available to them, um, what they really can do to help people. Yeah. It's so important to step up. So that was your favorite. How about your, you don't need to tell who it was, but your least favorite and why? Well, that's a tough one. Um, You're so sweet. You're like, I love all of them. It's going to sound corny, but you're I, a little corny. I love that about you. I'm a little corny, but I, I have to say, I've been so appreciative that everyone, there's never been one I can't like because they're giving their time to give me their story. So, you know, I, I, there's really never been anything. I, I mean that sincerely. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. That who am I to judge their story or what they're telling? because all I can do is be so grateful for their generosity of their time and their willingness to share. So there's really never, and, and again, I know whatever they're telling, even if I don't understand it, like anything financial, I don't understand anyway, it's over my head, but I know it's going to help somebody. There's somebody out there, their story's going to help. So I mean that sincerely. Like I, I, I can't say there's ever really been a time that I'm so grateful for what I'm doing and needing them. I may not have understood it, which, trust me, I'm not, um, I and I'm honest about it. Or like, you know, they, 
didn't show up. They really weren't being transparent. They really weren't sharing their story. Um, so what is it about you if that if you can't answer that question, then what is it about you that allows people to really let it all out? When we start the conversation, I usually say, I'm here to make you feel better about yourself because I am, trust me, I screw everything up. So there's nothing you can tell me right now that's going to be bad. They're just not. And anything that's bad is only good for somebody else. So we kind of go into it like that. And we, and before we even do the interviews, I will always say, I just ask, be honest, like, please. And I explain to them, please don't make this perfect because it's only going to hurt people. It's, it's not going to help. And that's what we're trying to do. And, and I mean, I, I don't think there's really been anybody who's ever not, I mean, maybe they weren't as forthcoming. I didn't know they were holding back on certain things, but I've never felt anyone holding back because, because why they're doing it is to help other people. So I think, you know, coming in, that's what, and I guess if they didn't want to help, they probably wouldn't have done it. Right. I guess. Maybe. I think I that's hope. amazing that you're, that you have, have created that for yourself and created that space for so many people um, to really bring out their stories to really help a lot of people. I think that's, you know, that's your skill. That's your superpower is to really, <laughs> you know, just to really do that and to really want people to help. But, um, well, there's a great quote. My dad told me this, and this is again, the other thing I would share. Is your dad still with us? No, my dad passed away 10 years ago. A long time. Um, but to this day, every day I think about it. And I, and again, I'm going to tell you the quote. And I think he told me this because I talked too much when I was little. So it was really to tell me to stop talking, but now it's so great. It was be interested and you'll be interesting. And again, I think it's because I was talking so much and I wasn't listening. So the biggest lesson I've ever had in life is be interested. You'll be interesting. Just listen. Another big screw up. My very first jury trial. My dad was a lawyer. He came to watch. It was a big deal. Oh, and I had stayed up all night writing out every single question, every single question. And I had that pad. My fingers were glued to the pad like this. I was so nervous. The jury's, everybody's looking at me and I've got the witness on the stand. And I asked him a question. I think I said, you know, what color was the car? So he answered. I wasn't listening. I was looking at the questions. <laughs> And he said something like it was a blue car. And I said, okay, so the car was red. What color red was the car? And he said, the car was blue. <laughs> so I went back to my sheet and I said, so, and I kept, I kept going on about this red car. Everyone's looking at me, he's told you the car is blue four times because I wasn't listening. I never listened. It was a disaster of a trial. I lost, shocker, which I should have lost, but biggest lesson of my life was afterwards my father very few words just said be interested and you'll be interested and you were not very interested all you did was read a list of questions and not listen to anybody and I was so scared I thought I have to do it this way worst <laughs> embarrassing lesson of my life but yep gotta listen well I and think you've taken that lesson into the rest of your life because uh, you are definitely interested and everyone's story and really sharing that, um, which I feel like makes you interesting. Oh, thank you for saying that. And I feel the same way again, <laughs> incredibly grateful for everyone out there who shares because it's what we need, especially right now. Oh, God. God, if there's nothing more we need than some support and uplifting communities, spirit and empowering one another. And I really think listening to other people's stories, it's a start. 
I think it is. And you've shared a lot of your story today, Kathleen. I'm so appreciative of you. Um, and I know that the people listening are going to want to find out more about you. So where can they find you? Um, if you go to morphmom.com, M-O-R-P-H-M-O-M.com, uh, everything is there. But we have we do a weekly happier hour uh, that you can watch on Facebook Live or you can go to the website and click on as well. Normally, we'd be doing monthly events in person and uh, conferences two or three times a year. The next one was scheduled for the fall. I'm thinking it may not be this fall. I think we may be pushing that to the spring. Again, that's all up on the website. We have a podcast called Morph Mom Moments that's up on iTunes. Uh, we've been doing that for four years from a live radio show that I do weekly as well. And lots of articles in the Huffington Post. But really, everything is condensed into morphmom.com. And also, I guess, on Instagram at morphmom as well and Facebook and LinkedIn. And I guess that's that. Yeah, so everyone follow Kathleen on all her platforms at morphmom.com. You will find a community of like-minded women that just want to help and support each other. So thank you so much, Kathleen, for coming today. I can't thank you enough, Beth. And for, again, shout out to Beth, who is 100% looking for other people to help and support all the time. And we can't be here without you. Can't do it. Thank you. Love you. Thank you. Right back at you.